0: Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Please note that today's discussion is not intended to be investment advice, and this is not a paid advertisement. Today's show, we will focus on the importance and prudence on investing and in speculating in people, as we will attempt to discern why the best of the best people beat the best commodities. Joining us today is the world's most respected credit analyst, Rick Rule of Sprott Global Resource Investments. Thank you for joining us, sir.
1: Always a pleasure, Maurice. Thanks for having me back. You know, Rick,
0: before we begin today's discussion, for first time listeners, please share, who is Sprott Global Resource Investments?
1: Uh, We are the US operation of Sprott Inc, which is a Canadian listed and domiciled investment manager managing about $11 billion worldwide in natural resources and precious metals.
0: You know, Rick, here noted for a number of famous quotes, and there are two in particular that are germane for today's discussion, which are to separate the wheat from the chaff and to have courage and conviction. Listeners will note that I've stated before, I've made the error of understanding the macro picture of why I need to invest in the sector, and I used a buckshot approach in selecting companies in that sector. But as we will discuss today, it's not the name, not the sector or the commodity. It's the people. Rick, can you expand on the narrative of my remarks?
1: Sure, Maurice. Um, Assets are basically latent until a person or a group of people turns them into wealth. That makes good common sense if you think about it. And it also makes good common sense that some people are better at certain things than other people. Uh, an example would be if you're looking to put together uh, a good basketball team, it would be useful to get a couple of seven-footers, you know, people closer to the basket. Uh, <clears throat> and, and the truth is that in any field of human endeavor, some people succeed better than others. So surrounding yourself with a team, or more properly for this discussion, Investing with people who have been serially successful and, importantly, serially successful in tasks that are relevant to the task that they're involved in now is probably more important than any other single variable. One example would be that uh, I think there's something like 4,500 or 5,000 operating mines in the world, and there's probably 250 or 300,000 people involved in looking for them. What that simple statistic uh, tells you is that most people are, although they work most of their life at it, never involved in the discovery of a mine. But then you have other people who have been involved in the discovery of 10 or 11 or 12 of them. You just have people that are serially successful. And those people stand to have two or three standard deviations, better performance. Than the run of the mill participants in any given activity, which is enormously important from a statistical viewpoint.
0: In, in reference to statistical viewpoint, can you discuss further Pareto's law and how it applies to this discussion?
1: Sure. Uh, I, I think the first name was Vilfredo Pareto, was an Italian social scientist who documented what is in common parlance known as the eighty twenty rule. The eighty twenty rule, of course, is where of the utility in a given activity, some people would call it work, is done by 20% of the population base. It's important to note when considering the 80-20 rule, two important facts. The bell curve, which is really what it describes, actually has two lips, which would suggest that in a population base of 100 people, 80% of the good work is done by 20% of the population. And 80% of the bad work, or if you will, the aggravation, is done by another 20% of the population. So in the first instance, Maurice, you want to hang out with the good 20, and you want to avoid the bad 20. Uh, Another interesting piece of information is that if the population base is large enough, the performing and non-performing lips, those 20% that we talk about, both the good and the bad lips, if they, were, um, if they were exposed to the same performance dispersal curve again you would see that the lips would conformably align meaning that 20% of the 20% generated 80% of the 80% or more appropriately 4 or 5% of the population base would generate in excess of 60% of the positive utility and another 4 or 5% would generate 50 or 60% of the negative performance. What that tells you is that to the extent you can in your investing activities, you segregate the management teams that you're considering investing with and try and confine your investing activities to the best of the best, understanding that 5% of the population base will generate well in excess of 60% of the economic returns.
0: You know, that 5% you're referring to are the serially successful. Uh, What names resonate in that category?
1: You know, Maurice, I've been fortunate enough in my life to uh, manage to invest alongside, I don't know, 12 or 15 of those. Some of the names that come immediately to mind are the Lundeen family, both Adolph Lundeen, who is now deceased, and his two sons, Ian and Lucas, all of whom are serially successful. Uh, Robert Friedland who you've heard me talk about before my friend Bob Quartermain uh, a different friend Bob Kaplan Ross Beatty uh, you know mercifully in my life uh, I've been lucky enough I guess to uh, hang out with a lot of the serially successful people and I'm lucky enough to be able to continue investing with them often today well, Rick can we expand the narrative here and share some of the selection
0: process and or the characteristics that these seriously successful uh, individuals have, and why it is so important to know this information. And I'm referring to, you know, being a good steward of capital. Is the company a lifestyle company? Change the control fees. You know, marketing, the ability to attract capital. The list goes on. Permitting. Can you expand? on well, the. We, uh I'm sorry go ahead Bruce. no I was just sharing and you know just the ability to get the right board of directors and even a the, the VP how all of that is a part of your selection process uh, expand that for us for us
1: well I think you really asked me two questions if I understood the question correctly one is uh, what attributes have I noted among serially successful people and a different question would be how do you go about selecting them that I understand your questions correctly in essence yes And why is it so important for us to know that? Well, important to know it simply because it works. And I guess we'll deal with the attributes that I have found common among serially successful people first. Uh, One, I would say, is incredible determination. The ability to see a project through and not quit, no matter what the adversity is. You know, Maurice, almost every time that I've been involved in a company with a, single, with a singularly successful and serially successful person, that company has fallen in price dramatically probably a couple times while I've, while I've owned it. I'm thinking about it now. and Many times an example would be Silver Standard Resources, which we enjoy to run from $0.75 cents to $45 uh, with Bob Quatermain. Uh, twice during the period of time we owned that stock, it fell by 50%, and twice Bob fought through adversity and brought the, brought the company back, ultimately, as I say, taking it from 75 cents to $45. So certainly uh, dogged determination is important. The other thing, or another thing that I've noticed about serially successful people is that they're almost pathologically curious. Uh, curious not just about what they're doing, but curious about a whole range of things. They are, of course, very intelligent. Uh, but I wouldn't say that being incredibly intelligent determines conclusively whether or not somebody's going to be successful. Uh, rather, the application of intelligence through curiosity and determination, uh, I think, matters a lot. In addition, of course, to being curious, diligent, uh, determined, they have to be very hardworking. Uh, we've learned through various social scientists that somebody becomes an expert at something with the application of 10,000 hours uh, in whatever discipline that they choose to succeed in. That would seem to be the tipping point in terms of the development of expertise, if somebody's going to develop the expertise and if you have somebody who works uh, 24, 2500 hours a year that person is going to become successful, he he or she is going to require the acquire the expertise pardon me uh, sooner and more certainly than somebody whose work schedule is more leisurely which most people's are the other thing that I have found with serially successful people who develop excellent reputations which brings money to them is that they are invariably honorable honest people I'm not trying to say that serially successful people don't um, exaggerate on occasion uh, even to the extent that they they tell what I laughingly call preemptive truths which means that their self-confidence is so boundless that sometimes they act as though something that they are certain will take place has already taken place, and you must guard yourself against that enthusiasm. But in my experience, serially successful people do not lie, and they act honorably in every regard. Certainly the serially successful people that I know have been extremely honorable people. Now, moving on, and talking about how you can identify and identify with serially successful people, I would say one thing is that the responsible sources of information, yourself included, but also newsletter writers, brokers, and others, uh, should and often do make it their business to describe serially successful people in the context of describing companies. And it's important to note, Maurice, that serially successful doesn't mean generally successful but rather it refers to success particularly at the task at hand. An example would be somebody who has been a successful biotech entrepreneur who suddenly migrates into software or natural resources. There's no guarantee that the success that he or she enjoyed in one sector of the market will give them the ability to be successful in a sector of the market where they have not yet generated the expertise and experience that made them successful initially. And in fact, uh, you need to refine this a a lot more directly in order to profit from serially successful people. An example in mining, Maurice, which you've heard me use before, is that someone who describes their success as having taken place operating a gold mine in Archean terrain, in French-speaking Quebec, while they may have been successful and would suggest to you that they're a mining magnet as a consequence of that, may be less successful if the task at hand is exploring, rather than producing, for copper, rather than gold, in tertiary volcanics, rather than ancient Archean rocks, in Spanish-speaking Peru, rather than in French-speaking Quebec. While both activities are related to mining, The truth is that the skill sets that are involved in both tasks are so different that success in one may hold no promise for success in the second. And it's important too, Maurice, as you suggest, to look at the success in the company, not merely in terms of the major ego, the CEO or the largest shareholders, but also look for serially successful people on that team. Has the Chief Financial Officer been successful in the past raising the capital and allocating the capital that's required for the task at hand? Do the directors who are providing, if you will, adult supervision for the company have success in guiding companies in the past? Are the exploration personnel in mineral exploration Successful in similar rock packages, in similar terrain, with similar mineralogy. In other words, is their expertise applicable to the task at hand? Are the people who have selected the various constituencies, the various working people, suitable for the task at hand? Are the major shareholders behind the company, the sort of involved people, people who have been successful in the past in financing? a company to its ultimate success, or are they merely paper hangers or stock traders? All of these things are important. And one's ability to assemble facts with regards to human resources, in addition to physical resources and financial resources, will have a big leg up on their competitors who either don't have the expertise or haven't even thought about this type of human test that was
0: a wealth of information, Rick, and I'm so thankful that you conveyed that. I really love how you mix the tangibles with the intangibles, and you're the, the world's best credit analyst, and yet you focused a lot on the on a lot of the intangibles that we just can't see. And that's going to lead me to some questions here in the, in, the, in the coming moments here, but switching gears, at Sprott Global Resource Investments, which is the preeminent name in the natural resource space, investors want to know... What is attracting your attention in the space right now?
1: Well, I'm pretty generally attracted to the sector, Maurice. I, I have been surprised with how well the base metals, industrial materials and energy markets have recovered this year. That took me a bit by surprise. And I'm tempted to say it's been a little head fake. Uh, I had expected the sector to be really bombed out this year and to be able to have the advantage of despair in the market. To make some investments, I still suspect that that's going to happen this year. I I look forward to being in the energy and industrial materials sector, but the truth is that the market is ahead of itself. You'll recall, Maurice, that last year in the first half, the precious metals markets, particularly the precious metals equities markets, went on a tremendous tear. The uh, metal up 20 percent, and the equities up in excess of 100 percent. Mercifully for me, we've seen those markets sell off by 30 or 35 percent, which makes them, of course, 30 or 35 percent more attractive. So I would suggest if the market conditions that we're seeing right now persist, that I will be involved in financing, private placement financing, both on the debt and equity side, uh, uh, precious metals, explorers, developers and junior producers. We're seeing a lot of opportunity there, and we're seeing a market where the investing community is discouraged, meaning that we don't have as much competition as we otherwise would, which is something that we like. We will certainly look to out-of-favor sectors in commodities this year, where we expect the sector to do well in the two- or three-year time frame, but where our competitors are um, discouraged by the current market action. We normally, Maurice, as you know, invest for the two or three-year time frame, uh, attempting to outcompete other people whose time frames are much shorter. And mercifully for us, many of the hedge funds that we compete against have a 90-day horizon in what's really a three-to-five-year business, meaning that they sort of unilaterally disarm when they compete with us. So we'll be looking to deploy capital in 2017, where we're looking to harvest that capital in 2019 or 2020, exactly which opportunities become the best opportunities are something that we'll be able to tell you in retrospect, of course, <laughs> by the end of the year. Well, you know, mentioned you mentioned
0: time horizons. I know a lot of investors; their time horizon is really a weekend, and uh, the philosophy that you employ <clears throat> is is wonderful. It's it's a proven methodical and successful. You know Rick, this past year at Proven Improbable, we interviewed a number of companies and virtually all of them were uh, from the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium. And Gold rose modestly with 20% in the first half of the year. But the issuers we interviewed and that you selected um, as attendees were returning 100, close to a thousand percent in the first three quarters of 2016. You know, not every company in the natural resource space achieved this success. That says a lot about you and your staff in the selection process.
1: Well, we've been fortunate enough uh, over the years to develop a a range of selection criteria. Uh, What we've talked about today, great human resources. You'll note to Maurice that this year's symposium, the 2016 symposium and the 2015 symposium, that we attracted a lot of serially successful people uh, to the symposium both as exhibitors and attendees and if i could do a brief uh, commercial for 2017 uh the same thing will be true virtually every one of the serially successful people that i've already named on this on this uh uh, phone conversation will be present in the 2017 conference but in addition to that sprat spends a lot of money making sure that these serially successful people have attracted them have attached themselves to assets where we agree with the thesis where they're trying to develop value and where they have access to the financial resources which will allow them to be a success we've been very fortunate in that uh, our 2015 conference generated uh, investment results at least the attendees the exhibitors there exhibited financial results that were spectacularly in excess of the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture Index, that is the universe of uh, junior exploration companies. And thus far, at least, our 2016 exhibitors have spectacularly outperformed the broader indices as well. It stands to reason if you spend as much money as we do uh, on... Uh, research, and if you spent as many years in the business as we have at Sprott, which is about 35, that you should be successful, as you put it, uh, separating the wheat from the chaff. You know, Maurice, the truth is that uh, there are about 2,000 publicly listed companies worldwide that, perso- that uh, purport to be in the junior resource game. And we would estimate that no more than 400 of those are worth anybody's attention at all and the truth is that probably a hundred of the two thousand if Pareto's law is to be believed uh, will generate 60 or 65 percent of the positive utility that is the value creation of the whole universe the point of this is that you not try and understand two thousand companies but you try and get a good feeling about 200 of good thousand, of 2,000 companies, and then you try to select the best 20% of that 200 company universe, which is precisely what we try to do at the Sprott Conference. You know, Rick, uh, you mentioned the Sprott Conference. Have the dates been determined yet? They have, Maurice, but I don't have them off the top of my head. Perhaps we can email it to you, or you can link to the conference website. I but certainly yes, will. they have been chosen. All right.
0: Thank you for conveying that. You know, Rick, as I'm listening here, if I don't have the 40 years of experience that you have, as a client of Sprott Global Resource Investments, can I get access to these companies?
1: Absolutely. Uh, as a, a client of, of, of Sprott, first of all, you'll have access to a uh, account executive who will have access to all of the information at SPROT. But as a Sprott client, you can always email me directly and I will at any point in time give you a review of your portfolio on demand and I, of course, as the CEO of the U.S. operation, have access to all of the information that's brought, as will your existing account executive. As listeners would noted earlier, uh, this is not a paid
0: advertisement. I uh, simply am just sharing with you To me, the best solution and option is Sprott Global Resource Investments, and that's why I feel it's imperative for you to get this information today. Uh, Rick, last question for you. What did I forget to ask?
1: You know, Maurice, I'm not sure that you uh, missed very much given the, the nature of our talk had to do really with the circumstance surrounding people. And I think we dealt with the people question fairly well. Uh, we, We talked about the fact that the major mover of the company has to have been successful in similar endeavors. We pointed out the fact that the search for quality people extends further down from the major mover to the board of directors and the key employees, and also, if you can find out, uh, the major shareholders. It's important that you understand the role of the various players and how those players were selected and whether or not there's something in their background that suggests to you that they'll, they'll be successful both individually in their own roles and as a team in moving forward. Perhaps, Maurice, in a future discussion, we can talk about the whole process of adding value in junior resource companies. The process of answering unanswered questions, which will help people get a better sense of how the people fit into the role of answering unanswered questions. As you've noted before, Maurice, uh, a lot of this information is available for free on the Sprott Global website and people can see that by going to www.sprottglobal.com and searching through approximately 200 hours of infrastructure of, for, of free instructional material that we have on the site yeah, thank you for conveying that and before
0: we leave Rick if I'm listening to today's show and I wanted to have my portfolio reviewed by Sprot. Is there someone that will review my natural resource portfolio?
1: That would be me Maurice. I am pleased to offer your viewers an absolutely no obligation Uh, an absolutely free review of the stocks in your portfolio. It's important that we do that via email. You need to send me an email And in your text, not as an attachment, but rather in your text, you need to have both the name and the symbol of the stocks that are in your portfolio. I will not give you investment advice, but I will rank the companies in your portfolio, at least those companies which I am familiar with, as well as provide commentary where it is appropriate on a company-by-company basis. You can email that to me. At Rick, at R Rule, I'm sorry, R R U L E at sprottglobal.com. And for our listeners, please note
0: uh, in the subject line, put in proven and probable to help streamline your emails. Uh, last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com. Through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, we offer gold, silver, platinum, and palladium offshore storage and safe deposit boxes, which are fully insured and secured by Brinks, and self-directed IRAs. The website, again, is www.provenandprobable.com. Rick Rule of Sprott Global Resource Investments, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. As
1: always, Maurice, thank you. All the best, sir.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable